So there I was, 30 below zero, in the middle of the Brooks Range, at my homestead that I uh, gained patent to in about 1985. I was sitting in the middle of that room, I was about 200 miles from the closest road, and I was there on a five-month um, self-imposed isolation. I was trying to mend a broken heart, and it was really a kind of one of those uh, moments where you're doing a lot of self uh, uh, sort of exploration of where you've been, what you've done, and all the things that sort of have made me who I am. One of the things that I realized was that I'd actually made a transformation. I'd been transformed from a cocoa bean, brown through and through, to a cocoa nut, brown on the outside, white on the inside. And that's not a racial comment. That's actually a comment that tells of my story of having become an American. So I'm going to take you back a little ways to my birthplace in the Philippine Islands, down in the southern provinces of Luzon, where I grew up, <clears throat> this very idyllic childhood. And that idyllic childhood um, allowed me to play up in the trees where I ate lunch. I could pick star fruit, and I had papayas and mangoes and, and of course, coconuts and avocados and so on. And then um, <clears throat> I was also raised by my grandmother, who told me lots of different stories, Grimm's fairy tales and Alice in Wonderland. And one day my mother uh, made an announcement that we were going to go to America. Uh, mind you, I was, English was not my, fourth, my first language, it was my fourth. And so when she made that announcement, I was so excited to finally go to America to see this land of opportunity, but also to see cowboys and Indians and prairies and, you know, Conestoga wagons, oh my gosh. And, you know, so we made the trip, 21 days across the Pacific Ocean, and I spent probably 21 days puking over the side. We finally get to San Francisco, and I looked out over the sea of skyscrapers, skyscrapers, and I thought, where are the cowboys? Where are the Indians? Where are the horses? So we got off, and I thought, how disappointing is this? Asphalt jungle, lots of cars. <clears throat> but it wasn't as disappointing as when I first um, enrolled into fourth grade. I was nine years old. I'd just gotten off the boat. Really didn't speak any English at all. And one of the first things that happened at Point Furman Elementary School was that I was slapped this IQ test. This is a kid who had to take this IQ test. I had to play somewhere on that Binet scale. And the Binet scale has these categories that they rate you on. There's genius, there's above average, there's average, and there were three other categories below that, moron, imbecile, and idiot. And I thought, I got to, you know, I'll, I'll probably get somewhere up there on top. Well, the evaluation was finally done, and I go home with my parents, and through the door I was listening to my father. He goes, Oi, I cannot believe we have a moron in our family. <laughs> through that little crack in the door, I looked at him and I thought, I'm a moron. And 
it was that moment that I actually realized that, no, I am not a moron. And I was going to prove that. And I said to myself at the time, and I'll never forget it, I said, I'm going to prove that I'm not a moron. I'm going to speak English. I'm going to write it. I am going to um, be able to articulate this stuff. Well, that was a huge thing that I had to do. <clears throat> but, you know, it was uh, that time of uh, my life where you know, I was only nine years old. And one of the things I wanted to do was I wanted to, to find this um, wilderness. I mean, I'd just come from the jungle, right? So luckily, my father was in the military, and he got his orders to go across the other side of the continent to North Carolina. And there in front of me, as we drove across, was wilderness everywhere. We went through Arizona and New Mexico, and I finally saw prairies and so on. We get to North Carolina, and one of the challenges that I had to face um, was that I had to deal with this segregation. What do you do with segregation? You know, you can't. It's really a tough thing for a kid to um, suddenly have to deal with having to um, sit in the back of the bus, for instance. Or the other thing that I had to do also was go to a restaurant and get uh, refused service. And if I wanted to go to the bathroom, there was the white bathroom and the black bathroom. And I was looking for the brown bathroom and it wasn't to be found. So, and here I was, I was going to school in an all-white school. Where, where are the other people? Where are the bananas? Where are the, the black kids were going to a different school? And so, it was a, a, a here was this coconut in the midst of this, uh, this journey, and I was floating. It was confusing. And so suddenly my father got this, Order, his orders, and he says, we have a choice. We're going to either Alaska or Hawaii. Alaska or Hawaii? We said, my brother and I looked at each other and we said, Alaska or Hawaii? Dad, we've been to Hawaii. We've been to the tropics. Been there, done that. Let's go to Alaska. And sure enough, we made that trip and all the way up through um, Northern Canada, I realized I also had made some heroes. Some of the heroes that I had were Daniel Boone, Davy Crockett, and, you know, these guys really influenced me. I made Eagle Scout. I mean, how much more American can you get, <laughs> right? So we made the trip up to Alaska, and I knew I'd come home. I knew that this coconut had really washed ashore. I've been here 50 years now. And as Martha Stewart would say, you know? <laughs> by the way, she's one of my heroes. <laughs> Martha Stewart said, hey, you know, it's a good thing. I thought, yes, it is a very good thing <laughs> that I'm now a coconut. Thank you. <laughs>